following program contains explicit language and subject matter and is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hello? It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? people don't freak out it's not a coronavirus scare it's just a test warning system just to check out how we're going how is everyone welcome back to the zero fucks podcast brought to you by gorilla radio it's march 2020 can you believe how fast the year's going and actually we're a week behind due to a few issues not coronavirus but virus related. In fact, it was a hard drive that, that crashed and, uh, fuck, there was six podcasts that I'm trying to salvage and get sorted. So thanks to Pete the Cyber Monkey, my, my personal Cyber Monkey Pete, we've resolved the issue and now I'll get on to this, editing the six podcasts. I've got some really interesting ones coming up, not just this one, um, which is a chat with our American correspondent, but also on another podcast, which I'll sort of let some information out about a bit later. A really touching, heartwarming story. And as I thought it was appropriate to launch that today as we're recording this and tidying it up, is actually the International Women's Day. So I thought very appropriate. A couple of guests... Um, that uh, are, are strong women making their mark in society. So, yeah, I thought that was important. So that's on the that's what I'm talking about podcast. It'll be out later. And um, later in the week, I've got podcast blast again. Trying to launch this hard drives crashing, kill them anyway. Um, I also uh, I'll let you know. My name's Kmac. I'm the host, and I'm um, joined by Cyber Monkey Pete who has brought Save My Ass, in other words, which has been fantastic. Um, also, um, intern Randy. And um, hopefully Randy will get his two cents worth somewhere down the track. He loves letting people know. Um, and Alexa joins us for the first time. So, you actually, for people that hear Alexa with an Australian accent it'll be quite interesting so anyway that said why don't we um, get this show happening 
And um, well, we'll meet a guest. We'll meet, meet our first guest. I think you really like her. She's funny. Okay, let's get going. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Aha, uh-huh, he's right. Um, now, before we introduce um, my first guest, American correspondent, her name's Mandy. Um, I'm actually going to cut up this interview because uh, first time I lost it, I've, I've cut it up and I, I lost that one, but I've got the original and hopefully um, we're going to get a, uh, a good clean edit in it so hopefully but it's more about taking out the parts of me being boring and putting in more about her and we're going to find out more about her as i said alexa's on board now um hopefully alexa can you tell me about arizona here's the wikipedia article on arizona arizona is a state in the southwestern region of the united states it is also part of the Western and the Mountain states. It is the sixth largest and the 14th most populous of the 50 states. Its capital and largest city is Phoenix. Arizona shares the Four Corners region with Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. Its other neighboring states are Nevada and California to the west and the Mexican states of Sonora and Baja California to the south and southwest. Would you like me to continue? Uh, no. Alexa? Can you tell me a dad joke? What did the furniture salesman say to the robber? Please, take a seat. And that's the level that the company was going to be coming from Alexa today. Just just, just um, point this one out. Alexa, thank you. No worries. And there's the Australian spin on it. Okay, let's get started. Again, those kids, they love it. Um, yeah, this is, if you hadn't guessed it, it's going to be the introduction for Living in America. And then it's Mandy's key cue. And thanks to Alexa, you've now got a little bit of information about Phoenix, Arizona, from where she's from. So without further ado, I've got a lot of stuff to catch you up on uh, in future podcasts. But particularly, I didn't really want to take it away from today. Um, 
because there's so much craziness going on in Australia right now with the coronavirus just setting people mental in so many ways and yeah it's I, I but I don't want to detract from um, my interview with Mandy um, I'll probably actually break it down to two parts and and you'll get one today and then you'll get one in a fortnight's time I'll see I'll see how we go I hopefully I can, can get it all in She's interesting, she's funny, she is possibly a future candidate on Big Brother, which will be next year in the US because I think they've got a celebrity version going on at the moment, or it's going to start this year. So, enough, let's get into it. Well, hello. Hello, hello. How's it going? Yeah, good. How's it going with you? So good. So good? Yeah. That's excellent. You can hear me fine? Mm-hmm. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. Sounds perfect. Everything's coming through loud and strong. Great. I just had to explain something to you. I realised after I sent you a message. When I was saying to you, yeah, no, look, I'm fine. Don't rush because it's Monday afternoon. I'm home. I'm sorted. <laughs> and then I said, I'm sweet. Then yeah. I realised... <laughs> That's probably not a common phrase you're used to. <laughs> so do you understand um, that how Australians use that? I don't, but it did make me laugh. Okay, okay. So it, it's a – how's the best way to describe it? If someone said, um, look, I'm going to be a little bit late, is, is that okay? You go, yeah, no, I'm sweet, mate. That's sweet. Meaning like, yeah, that's okay. Like it's, all, like it's cool. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all, don't sweat. Like, nah, mate, I'm sweet. I'm sweet. And then I, when I typed the Senate <laughs> and then I realised and went, oh, okay, no, that sounds <laughs> dumb. That's how it is. Yeah. Now, the other question I'm going to ask you, and I'll just bring this up because I'll ask, I'll end up, I'll ask you questions like, so how are you dealing with the season over there? And you will tell me your temperature and I'll have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so... I'll just bring up uh, conversion. Is it cold over there? It's not. Well, no, I'll just say it's not. It's right now it's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So that's, so that, I think that's like, okay. Yeah. That's 12 degrees. Yeah. That's cold is. for us. <laughs> that's cold. Oh yeah. So it feels nice to me. We've just come off. Um, actually, I'll, t- I'll tell you. Hang on a second, Alexa. What's the current temperature? Right now, it's twenty-four degrees Celsius. Okay. Tonight, expect a low of nineteen degrees. So it's your Alexa, your Alexa sounds so different. Yeah, I, cha- I think I changed the voice. I think that's an English one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I changed. I um, I, I got a thing for English accents. Well, I did have. I had oh. a crazy woman with an English accent. I don't. It scares me now, but um, yeah. So twenty four here, seventy five degrees Fahrenheit. That's what the current temperature is for us. Oh, okay. And it's going to be sixty six overnight. And I know this is going to sound like a dumb question, but we're on opposite seasons, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not, <laughs> okay, that's not dumb. <laughs> so the best way to think about it is the equator, northern hemisphere versus southern hemisphere, on exact opposites. Yeah, okay. So we're on we're now coming towards the end of summer. 
Um, but it's not like we had, oh, hang on, where I live, <laughs> conversion, I feel like a stupid old man. So we had days where I live of 104. Oh, my gosh. Up to 115. That's like exactly what our summers are like yeah. here. Yeah. And it's and it's humid. So even even today we've had two weeks of rain, which uh, hard to explain. But we've been in drought for so long and then we had those fires and we didn't have a drop of rain. And then literally for the last two weeks we just got every every bit of rain that we should have had for the last six months. Oh man. So we went from Does that create mudslides? No, we don't get mudslides, but we get floods. Okay. So we've gone from outback country having no water, their dams all drying up, having to buy water in to feed their cro- their stocks and their crops, to bushfires that were just wiping out the place, to now the rain come and the farmers put their hands in the air and went, yes, and now they're going, no, my house is underwater. <laughs> That's, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And now I've just read we're going to have a snake infestation. No way. Yeah, I don't know why. It's whether whether they didn't breed or they have been breeding or, yeah. So we've got no like... Way. Australia's got like, um, I think, three or four of the, the world's deadliest snakes. Yeah. I'll send you... A, actually, I'll send you a map that someone drew up one day of Australia and everything that we've got in it that kills you and what states they're in. <laughs> okay. And it's like, it's like, yeah... We've got, they've got spiders, they've got snakes. That's where sharks eat you. Like it's, yeah. But I, I know people that come out from the UK and they see our cockroaches or our flies or mosquitoes and they freak out. They go, I've never seen something so, <laughs> so big. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a standard, you know. I'm not afraid of snakes, but I will tell you, I am terrified of kangaroos. Really? Yes. They're more terrified of you than they than than are than you are of them. That's what they all say. Trust me, you don't. Well, <laughs> so here's a couple of things. So just let me uh, intervene here for a minute. You may hear me go into a bit of a rant about cultural differences now, and this goes on. This plays out a bit, and this is mainly because the first time that Manny and I really sat down and talked about, particularly kangaroos and things like that. So, um, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of comparisons about Australia and America and blah 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 um, I think it's cool but I don't want to bore anyone, back to the story um, firstly you don't see them that often other than you live in the country which is oh, like I'm in the west of Sydney City which is still probably uh, I say kilometres means nothing to you probably <laughs> Um, probably about 26, 30 miles from the city centre. And I live like just on the, what we call the Great Dividing Range. So it's like our mountains, but they're not like mountains in America. They're just like little hills sort of thing. Okay. And as you go over that, you'll see a few kangaroos, but very, very rarely. Um, And then the further west you go towards the centre, you'll see more of them. But they're not, that's not like... So you know they're pests in Australia, don't you? They what? They're pests. Pestilence. Um, what? <laughs> what? What would you refer to it as? This is this is good content, I'm telling you. Honestly, it is. 
Um, I'm so dumb. No, no, no. You're not at all. No. This is this is, and it and it's a. So, one of the bugbears I always have about the US versus so no, not the rest of the world, but across Australia is when you grow up in Australia, it's almost like you're right that you can't wait to get a passport so you can go and visit other countries because we are so isolated. We're just sitting in the middle of the ocean. So when we get the passport, we want to go and travel and see stuff. When I see Americans and I travel, they compare everything to, oh, we've got this at home. Oh, this looks like this. Oh, this looks like that. I'll never forget watching... Um, the amazing race and there was a couple on a train going through China and all these paddy fields and he's like, hey, come and check this out. This looks like somewhere in America. And it's like a lot of Americans that I've seen when you travel just don't, they think everything reverts back to America. Well, the fact is America is not that further along discovery-wise than Australia, both um, uh, under British rule and basically... When the, the English got kicked out of America, they went, uh, I suppose we should spend more time in Australia. Let's send more people out to Australia. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it happened. And, and we, we are a convict nation and we were built from convicts from, from the UK. So when you look at the size of America and how many states you've got, it's really like I, I, oh, I saw, when I saw on Friends, they were trying to, the game was to sit down and write down every capital city of each state. And I went, yeah, 52, man. That's like you would definitely forget someone. In Australia, we've got six states and two territories. We don't really have a lot to sort of think about. <laughs> and the diversity across each of the states really doesn't vary that much. In the west, on the western side of Australia versus the east, east being the most populous, the West have a different twang in the way they speak and they use different words and they're more English-orientated, whereas the East has been established since the 1700s. It's, or well, you know, 1800s. Hmm. Sorry? That's interesting. No, that's interesting. Yeah, so we're, we're well established and we sort of grew from Sydney and grew north and grew south. And then we're in the centre is basically desert and it's non-habitable. The only things that are in our desert in the centre of Australia are two American spy bases. That's it. There's nothing in the centre. And um, and then they're on the, on obviously on the west coast. So when we travel, we go and see and we go, wow, this looks like it's China or this looks like it's US. And And the US has got so many different variations from state to state. And I love it. I love that. You can go from one state to the next and, it, and it's just like a, it's a trips, you know, because it's just completely different. So we don't compare everything to Australia. We just go, oh, yeah, oh, that's, uh, that's France. Yeah, they're a bit crazy, the French. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh, that's not bad. Or when we go to Canada and we go, oh, they're like the French in this part of Canada. <laughs> you know, like it's – whereas in Australia we're just, yeah, that's us. So – I always like hearing. So to come back to what a pest is, a pest is something you try to kill. Cockroaches, um, raccoons. Would you say raccoons are pests? Possums? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, kangaroos are pests. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know we farm them to eat them. 
What? Yeah. We must be the only country in the world that eats their coat of arms. Our coat of arms is a kangaroo and an ostrich. Oh, sorry, an ostrich. An ostrich. I would get killed for saying that. An emu. <laughs> a kangaroo and an emu. And um, that's our coat of arms and we eat both of them, farm them and eat them. Yeah, and the reason does we it taste good? Um, emu's not I mean, bad. It must if you eat it. Uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not like um, part of like it's not your day to day. Kangaroo. I use the phrase gamey. So when you eat normal steak, oh. and the, it's got if you go like a bit gamey, it's a bit of a stronger flavour. Yeah, it's not. I don't mm-hmm. find it that. And if you overcook it, it becomes stringy. It's not that nice. Okay. Um, but it's, yeah, all supermarket seller. It's not like a, a staple and it's probably only been popular for the last 30 years, I'd say. But, yeah, kangaroo, obviously uh, Indigenous and Aborigines have been eating it for years. But, um, yeah, mostly we'd have like almost like plague um, quantities of kangaroos that farmers would shoot because they just ruin their crops and they eat the feed Ooh. that's left for cattle and stuff. Yeah, so they're pests. But I had no idea. Yeah, many people don't. And when you say things like, uh, like, like for instance, koalas are the greatest animal in the universe. What? A koala bear. Why? Because they live off the, the gum tree leaves and, and it almost gives them like a sense of like what marijuana does to people. So it gives them, that's what they do, but that's why they're just so lethargic and they're just so laid back and it's... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at them and they're looking at you and they're like, yeah, what are you looking at? Like it's <laughs> koalas are really just laid back animals, you know. Um, but we got things like goanna. Have you heard of goanna? No. Oh, goannas are awesome. So they're like a, uh, what would you Is that the lizard thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like I think you call them dragons. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got okay. we've got these goannas that are, are probably about three foot long, and they scale trees with their claws. They're crazy. Yeah. And they scale trees to eat eggs that like birds have got hatching <laughs> in nests and stuff. Yeah. The Australia's, only reason why I know about that is because of that Disney movie, Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> they had goannas in that. Yeah, oh yeah, there's like a then his name the lizard's name was Joanna and she used to steal the eagle's eggs. <laughs> and the far, the rancher that wasn't like owned it would like eat it eggs to make it like stay out of trouble. Yeah. So so <laughs> let me just paraphrase that. We're talking about Joanna the Goanna. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So that's that's um yeah, that that's part of so understanding Australian culture and because you guys really see just a tiny glimpse of of it. And it started years ago when, when Australia tried to promote itself to the rest of the world with Paul Hogan and Crocodile Dundee. And everyone had a, in the US had a perception of, oh, that's, that's what Australians are like. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's always been our joke that, we overemphasize things to different nationalities. So we say, yeah, there's kangaroos everywhere. Jump, run down the street. Yeah. If, if you're clever, no. you ride them to school. And <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Do you want to know why they terrify me so much? Yes. Because, and they didn't, they haven't always. I always thought they were kind of creepy looking. But it wasn't until I joined Twitter and I started seeing these videos of these kangaroos that look like they, they fight humans. Yeah. And they look like almost like humanized with these big buff arms. And the way that they punch is like, yeah. it's it's terrifying. <laughs> so so there was a clip that went viral of a guy trying to fight a kangaroo because it was, it was stirring up his dog. It was grabbing his dog. And it, that clip went viral because it was like he was trying to fight the kangaroo. And then right. they all jumped on the bandwagon people and went, you can't do that to kangaroos and, you know. The farmers of Australia went, yeah, I would have just shot it. Like so it's it's that mentality of like the do-gooders. But then, no, they're, they're not like that at all. That And that situation would have been that dog would have been yapping at the kangaroo and he just had enough. But what they do is they, they grab you with their claw, their paws Ooh. and, and not, their paws aren't very muscular at all. They're just like a, they're like a skinny little arm. <laughs> but when they grab you... What they do is they then lean back on their tail, right, and their tail supports them, and they kick out at you with their oh. legs. <laughs> you are creeping me out. So and, it, and their legs, <laughs> their legs are so powerful because that's what keeps them leaping along. Like seeing seeing a kangaroo in full flight is just an amazing looking animal. They're freaky. Like there's there's no two ways about it because there's nothing else. Oh well, there's a wallaby. Which a wallaby's like a, a smaller kangaroo. You ever heard of a wallaby? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a it's a different version of a kangaroo. It's just smaller. Um, but they're the only two that are like that on the planet. So it's pretty special when you see. And we just take it for granted. Like now that you're bringing it up, it's making me laugh. <laughs> but it's, it's making me cringe. <laughs> yeah. So that's a kangaroo and the emu, which is like our version of an ostrich, right? And they right. make this really crazy noise. And because they've got like they've got wings but they can't fly, but they can right. run fast. And uh, yes. I remember as a kid my mum took me to <laughs> it's stupid when I think about it now. When I was a kid, my mum took me to some wildlife park and they had emus and she's like, come over and this emus come over. We were holding ice creams and this emu just came charging over. And my mum's like, run, run. But we're running down alongside of the fence. All we had to do was take five steps back and it can't get to us. But we're running alongside the fence. And this thing's chasing us. And my mum's having a heart attack and screaming, run, run. And I just remember freaking out. But Amy just wanted to eat the ice cream. That was it. There was no big deal. They don't attack you. But, yeah, so here's, here's the spin on the Australian coat of arms, which is a kangaroo and an emu in a sh- on a shield, like holding a shield in between them. They're not holding it, like they're either side of the shield. <laughs> they were both chosen because both animals cannot walk backwards. In other words. Wait, what? Yeah, so both animals, kangaroos and, and emus can't walk backwards. Okay, I'm just going to intervene once again. <laughs> um, it seems like I'm trying to give Mandy a, a lesson on Australian culture and history. It's not the case. It's just how we fly about things. So the Australians are listening to it. If I'm boring you, I do apologise. Mandy's far more interesting than what I am. But, um, yeah, it, this is just a natural flow of conversation. As I said, I don't normally edit this, but um, I just wanted to point out, as I'm listening back, th- thinking, shut up, you dick. Um, but, yeah, get back to it. 
Well, why would they be chosen for that reason? Because Australians it never take like a silly reason. No, because Australians <laughs> never take a backward step. How do you like them apples? I don't get it. So we're always moving Am forward. Am I dense? No, 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 no. Oh. We're always moving forward. We'll never take a backward step. So taking a backward step from a fight or from an argument or from war or sport or whatever it is, we'll never take a backward step. You've not heard that terminology, obviously. I haven't, but that's, I mean, I like it. I dig it. Yeah. I can support that. Yeah. <laughs> and, that and that's the... So when you look at the scale of – actually, here's a question for you. This will test your knowledge now. Oh, great. You ready for this one? <laughs> yeah. When was the, the War of Independence in America? <laughs> I love putting you in the spot. Um, I think it was like the late 70s. It's 1770s and 1780s. Okay. Are you talking about the Revolutionary War? Yeah, 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 when they kicked out. Okay. Yeah, you're right on the money. Yeah. So you do know. You weren't backing yourself there. So the War of Independence yeah. between the Kingdom of Great Britain went from 1775 to 1783. Oh, I'm so good. Yeah. So to give you a perspective <laughs> of how established America was in standing up and cutting their ties with the UK, Australia was discovered in 1770 and the first fleet, which was the very first fleet of of ships, I think there was like 26 ships that all followed each other out from the UK, landed in Australia in 1788. So the English were basically established in America and Americans were pushing back and saying, we don't want these guys. And by the time the English got kicked out, they went, yeah, all right. Let's, <laughs> let's go and set up over there. And uh, and the history of it, 1788, the first fleet came. And while that, because it was like a, well, it might have been a, something like a six-month journey or something to get to Australia via ship, when the second fleet had already been sent and the f- the first fleets and the people in the first fleet were literally on the verge of starvation, and it was only when the second fleet arrived that they saved the lives of, of, of the first fleet people and Sydney was established from that, on the back of that. So that just gives you a timeline of where uh, Australia sort of flourished and then took, took, you know, took hold of it itself. Yeah. So it was when you guys got independence, our, our nation was being developed... And our first official Australian government didn't sit till 1901. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So we're a relatively young country in the way of, you know, r- running ourselves. Yeah. And yet, um, you know, and then to give you an idea population-wise, I think America's around 360 million, I think it is now. Does that sound right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love sure. Sure. Yeah. Yep. We are 26 million. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're like a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and the, the best way to describe it, so our closest neighbour is New Zealand. Yeah. The whole entire population of New Zealand lives in Sydney, as in numbers, 4 million people. What? Yeah. 
their, their whole population could live in Sydney, where we've got 4 million people, and Australia's population of 26 million live in London. London alone and surrounding areas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's how small we are in, in population numbers. And we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, if you look at a map, we're just floating around in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah. You're going to become an I expert. I want to come to Australia sometime. Yeah, you have to. You'll love it. Honestly, it's um, – and if you ask anyone that lives here that's travelled overseas, and I've been to uh, West Coast America, West Coast Canada, uh, Mexico, Europe. Uh, I haven't been to Africa. My sister lived in Africa for five years, six years. Um Really? Yeah, and Asian countries. Asian countries are pretty popular because they're close. They're only nine hours away. So, um, and that's that's the other thing. Other than going to New Zealand, if you want to, your closest trip out of Australia is nine hours in a plane, like you, to get anywhere. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I want to go to New Zealand so bad. Like, that is, like, top of my travel list. New Zealand is, without a doubt, a very, very cool country. And it's, I think, they they sort of get a bad rap. Because we've got a rivalry with New Zealand. I guess it's like America and Canada. Uh oh. Oh, sorry. What? No, 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 no. Not a bad rivalry. No, no, no. Like a really like it's. But they also don't need a passport to live in Australia. Like it's you. You know, you you've got a passport, but you can live in Australia. Like you don't need um, visas or anything like that. We we've freely swapped from place to place. And, and a lot of people that look for work in New Zealand come over to Australia, look for work. Like there's no – but when it comes down to sports, there's huge rivalry. And a little country like New Zealand beats Australia in a lot of sports. It'll shock you. <laughs> so – but for that, that's only – from Sydney, it's only – I think it was a three-and-a-half-hour flight. It's not far. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not far. And it is. It's like – um. In a lot of ways, it's Australia probably five or six years ago, but in other ways, and the way that they treat their people and the way that they deal with stuff politically-wise, uh, they're very advanced and they do things quickly and they make stuff happen. Their Prime Minister at the, at the moment is a woman, um, Jacinda, Jacinda, I'll never get a surname right, and she's um, a real kick-ass leader and, um, yeah, She's not like one of these old school boys that, like the bullies or anything. She, you know, she's just real. So, yeah, New Zealand is a fantastic place. And if you ever want to see what it looks like, just go and watch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I've actually never seen that movie. Well, that's where, because Peter Jackson's the director. He's a Kiwi. He looks, he's he's like a Kiwi Michael Moore. That's the best way to describe him. Yeah. And he signed on to do it. He was a big Lord of the Rings fan but said, I want to film it in New Zealand. And he kept the New Zealand film industry alive for, you know, whatever it was, what, 10 years that took him to make the mm-hmm. movies? Actually, probably longer because they did The Hobbit. Oh, and right. Th- and now they have a lot of the sets that they used and now tourist attractions like The Hobbit's Village and stuff like that. Yeah. We actually had a family friend growing up. Well, I wouldn't say growing up because we were all adults when this happened, but he went to New Zealand specifically to go see the movie sets. Yeah. And he was in a car accident while there on the way to go see these movie sets. And he actually died in oh, New Zealand. Wow. He was, he was like 20, 
one years old, 22 years old. Oh, that's too young. Yeah, it was really sad. Yeah. Why to crush a conversation? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 truly, it is. It, it is. And, and, but you know, this is how I look at things, and I, and you know, I do the same with flying. You know, people that don't like flying. Um, at least what he was doing, what he loved, like that was what was important to him. So my theory on flying is, and people go, oh, well, what if you die in a car in a plane crash? And I'm like, oh well, at least I was going somewhere I wanted to go, or I've been somewhere and I'm coming back. You know. What do you do? You can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, because you know, flying high wasn't real. Oh, no, you guys don't call <laughs> it flying high, do you? No. Airplane. <laughs> Airplane with. Oh, you're so young. I'm, I'm just old. I just realised. Did you see the movie Airplane with um, Leslie Nielsen? I've heard of it. <laughs> oh my it. god. <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> no, I couldn't. So let's explain how I came across you and I'm actually – oh, it's your pinned tweet. I didn't realise it was your pinned tweet. You are – I pinned a tweet. Yeah. So you are known as at Adorkably Mandy, which I saw Mandy Moore and went, yeah, that's pretty cool. And you had <laughs> the tweet of all tweets that nearly 2,000 people have seen – where you wink and do the nose, what do you call that? Nose twitch? Nose twitch. <laughs> twitch. We call it like crinkle. Crinkle. It is a crinkle. <laughs> when you say twitch, it sounds like I've got some kind of neurological issue <laughs> or something. No, you don't have that. <laughs> so it's a that crinkle, nose crinkle, and it's cheeky <laughs> as, and I went, okay, this is. It's going to be interesting. And then what followed was very comical and real tweets where you often are the queen of gift makers. I've never seen anyone that makes such relevant gifts. Like I use a lot of them, never made one. But you make your own gifts and you nail it every time. Which is, Thank um, you. Yeah, I, I think they're hilarious. And actually, you can fill me in what's going on now because you're in the middle of a planking competition, a test. Would you say it's a test? Mm -hmm. What would you? What? How would you it's describe challenge. it? A challenge. A challenge. Yeah, it's a planking challenge. Yeah. And associated with that, you've also with a um, is it a number about depression or mental health? Oh, so twenty two for twenty two yeah. is. Suicide prevention for veterans. Okay. I didn't know that's what it was. So I actually, um, they're at work at my real job, not my Twitter. <laughs> um, there, we have inclusion groups and there is a veterans alliance um, where it's just supposed to be like, you know, supportive of both active and retired military. And so that's where I actually had uh, heard about it first. Yep. Um, but it's like, and then if you look at it online, there's actually a ton of different groups that, that support the 22 for 22 and it's supposed to be push-ups cause it's, you know, military and push-ups, but I can't even do one push-up. <laughs> so I just took it upon myself to make it a 22 second plank instead. <laughs> That's all right. That works. Um, so, but it's just supposed to promote like awareness for 
um, veteran suicide prevention. Yeah, okay. Which I can imagine is um, extremely high. And particularly the fact that, you know, like if we go back to, well, when it comes to veterans, there's American paces all over the world. It's not just in the Middle East. But I do know of um, particularly since there's been like IUDs and I want to say that's the right word, that right terminology. An IUD? No. No, that's not right. <laughs> I, I don't think. No. Well, it's it's basically an unidentified explosive. Um, hmm. I have to work out what that is. Um not mix it up with a um, sex prevent, a, a pregnancy prevention. <laughs> yeah. Um, what it's going to bother me until we think of what it is. It's, um, oh, hang on. Let's just have a quick look. Um, a UID. Okay. Which is basically <laughs> so a UID. I knew I was close. A UID <laughs> is like um, an incendiary device that's that being used in the Middle East, and basically they will. The Taliban have placed them in areas, and when they they they're set off when when um, people are doing um, uh, like the military are doing runs, and and um, and all of a sudden cars are being exploding, and you know, American soldiers that are just there to do a job and are being killed and having limbs ripped from them and that's mm-hmm. a lot to do with why the depression rate's so big. It's huge. Yeah. UID, man, that was a mix-up. <laughs> I would hate to think that there's a weapon that's an explosive IUD. <laughs> that would not be healthy. No. So, okay. No, so that's, yeah, the, the tw- yeah, I didn't, yeah, the I didn't mean the Yeah, the 22 for 22 is. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Uh, the 22 for 22 is because there's 22 veterans a day that commit suicide, so that's that's why they do 22 push-ups. Yeah, 22 right. for the 22 that yeah that uh, and and you're making ex- amazing progress. Thank you. And you've developed not only are you becoming the Twitter and the and the uh, Instagram star, but uh, so is Ash. Yeah. So, Isn't she awesome? Yeah. So Ash is a work colleague of yours, I take it? She is, yeah. Yep. She is a, a colleague of mine. Yeah. And she's a veteran, so that's why this whole, she started uh, playing with me. She was in the Army. She was an Army medic. Um, and so when she found out that I was taking my lunch breaks to do these this workout stuff, she, she wanted to jump on, on yeah. board. Yeah. So... Let's find out a little bit more about you because you're a jack of many trades. You're now officially the Gorilla Radio North American correspondent. I'm so honoured. <laughs> well, as long as you'll have us, of course. You might get jack of me. But in saying that, where you can tell me a bit about you. What state are you in? I'm in Arizona. But I know that you're actually a Californian girl. Yes. That is true. So Arizona, I actually looked it up, is not far from the state of California. No. 
I'm like the six hour drive from my hometown. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Six hours, okay. Yeah. Is that considered actually? I'll ask you a question. Is that considered like a like a, a, a huge run, like a huge drive, or it's like oh, that's not too no. bad. No, no, that's not bad at all. I mean, I can I go and visit you know on the weekend and just make it back in time for work on Monday. So yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. I've I've got my parents don't live in Sydney anymore. My mother lives six hours south, and my father lives nine hours north. So the nine hours I catch a plane, I won't drive there, but for the six hours I'll drive. Yeah. yeah. And I basically aim at Friday night and then hem back Sunday night and it's, yeah, six hours is not too bad. Yeah. Okay. So just out of interest, what's the capital of Arizona? Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix, of course it is. Okay. And um, is Phoenix a good place? Is Arizona a hip and happening place? <laughs> Um, I think it's growing, that's for sure. Yeah. I think like all cities, you have, you know, the good areas and the bad areas. But yeah. um, I'm enjoying Arizona. There's a lot of outdoor activity here and uh, it doesn't beat the beach. But I'm one of those people that I care more about the people I'm with than the location I'm at, which is what brought me to Arizona is to be around family. So, yeah, because you've got, uh, well, and then we can talk about that. You've got a big, big family. I do. I have a massive family. Yeah. So in your personal family, your mum and dad, how many siblings mm-hmm. you've got? I have an older brother and three little sisters. Okay. So five kids. Here's the good part. How many siblings does your father have? <laughs> My dad is one of seven. And your mum is? One of 11. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put that down to there was TV bands <laughs> on their parents when they grew up. And yes. so of that, 11 kids, I just can't get my head around 11. Actually, I say that my dad's yeah. one of one of eight. So, um, and my mum's an only child, so it, it just it never balances out. But um, so of that 11 and of that seven, they've obviously produced and got big family. Are the most of them living in Arizona now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of us are. I have uh, two aunts still in California. Yeah. And then I have one aunt in Washington and one in Utah, but the rest are all here in Arizona. Yeah, okay. And Utah's not far either from Arizona, is it? Uh, well, they're in northern. She's in northern oh, okay. Utah, so it's it's like a like 14-hour drive to her. Yeah, okay. Might as well fly. Yeah, yeah, it's a plane trip. Okay. But we're all super close. So, like, normally when I hear about big families, like other people that I've met um, that say that they have a big family too, extended family, they say that they're not, like, super close with them. Like, oh, I see them maybe every other year, you know, tops. And I'm like, no, I grew up with my family. Like, we all lived in the same neighborhood, and I went to school with my cousins. And so we're, like, a really close, tight-knit family. Yeah. Actually, that'd be pretty Which is cool. awesome. When, yeah, it would yeah. be. Wouldn't be such a thing as fights or arguments. It'd be like, you know, I'm covered. I've got siblings and, and relatives in every grade. Absolutely. It was built in friendships. Yeah. Now, I'm just looking. I think the only thing we ever thought about was like who got to pretend to be the pink Power ranger growing up. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Did, did you win out? No, I always had really yellow. <laughs> so where are you in the pecking order of cousins? Are you mid-range at the top? Yeah. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in the middle. Okay. I'm in the middle, yeah. So it's like you cop a bit of flack from the older ones but then you get to put it onto the younger ones. Yeah, I think my oldest cousin is getting close to 40, I think, this year. Maybe turns 40 this year. Yeah. And then my youngest cousin is five. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And how old's your youngest sister? My youngest sister is 28. Yeah. I'm 34. See, I actually, when you said 28, I was waiting for you to say, like, 18. Okay. I... Well, you don't look your age. I'm going to tell you that for a fact. And that's not me blowing smoke a mask. And I would never have asked you age. I was just getting a gauge of how young. Okay. Okay. I would never think. I get that a lot. Yeah. You don't look your age. I don't act it either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm a man. No, we never act our age, so don't worry about that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, and actually, I'm just looking at your Instagram too. You didn't post the pictures you know that night you went out with your mum with the lanterns oh with a co-worker of mine to the lanterns yeah yeah that i thought that was your mum yeah that's a co-worker of mine okay that is one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen they put them in the air like those photos were amazing it's breathtaking to experience that that's the second year that i've gone and i it's it like I know that that is like a cliche saying like being having something being breathtaking, but it like I have no other way of describing it when all of those lanterns go up in the air and everything else around you is just dark except for these lanterns, big, small. Like the depth is different; it takes up your whole peripheral vision. It is breathtaking. Yeah, the 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 photos um, and the video was just yeah, it was awesome. You should put those up on your Instagram seriously. That was like art in the air because it was almost like when you know when you see you get a clear night and you see all the stars, it was like that but it was the lanterns going into the air. It was Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It's like that movie, that Disney movie Tangled but I really feel like, like that's the closest thing you, I can describe it to people that haven't been but it really doesn't even do it justice because it, when you're, when you're, these lanterns are big. I mean, they're like, they're like two or three feet long. Yeah, okay. And... And so you've got these going up all around you. I mean, there's hundreds of people at this festival. And so you've got these huge lanterns and some are close to you, some are far away. And they just, oh, it's just, it's breathtaking. It's gorgeous. I will go every year. Yeah. Yeah, it looked amazing. Honestly, it looked amazing. Um, Yeah, I was going to, I was just going to say, people check out your Instagram, but it's not on there. Oh, well. Okay, I'll post it right now. Yeah, because it's, it, it. Honestly, it was like um, it's like living art. You know, when you see something that, that happens and, and you can't, you can only capture it for that period of time. Um, and it was like when you were doing a spin and, and filming. I was like, <laughs> "How amazing does that look?" Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so I'll up, post that tonight. Oh, please do. That's awesome. And I'll tell everyone to go and check it out, and to add you because <laughs> you're building. On your Instagram, yeah. I'm I'm late to Instagram. I'm years behind. So am I. And it's, um, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. So big family, California born. We're now in in um in Arizona. I almost said Nevada for some reason. In Arizona. 
do you support do you have a favorite baseball team or football team now that you're in Arizona um yeah so I baseball wise I like the Angels but I also kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals yeah and I don't I don't really know why I don't have an explanation other than that I just I used to live in Missouri for three years while my ex was going to school, and we used to go to Cardinals games, so it kind of just yeah, grew on me. But yeah, okay. There's a connection there. Yeah. I'm not really oh, – I feel bad saying this. I'm not even that big into Arizona sports. Um, my football team is actually the Colts. <laughs> oh, Indianapolis. Which is, yeah. Yes, which is totally random as well. And the only reason – this. oh, my gosh, this is such a silly story. Okay, I'm going to tell you this story. Give it to me. Okay, when I was married, we had this house and these neighbors that were huge football fans. Like, every Sunday, huge parties, barbecues, the whole shebang. And they started to invite me over to these parties. And I just like competition. I wasn't really into, like, paying attention to teams and players. So I would just cheer no matter what team was doing good. And they started to get mad. <laughs> they started getting really annoyed that I was cheering for both sides during a game. And they're like, you are not invited over to our parties anymore unless you pick a team and you stick to it. And so they sent me home and they said, you need to go do your research. And so I said, I knew, no, I'm serious. And they were really mad. And they told me, they said, you have to do research. You can't just pick the team that has the cutest quarterback. So I went home and I was pulling up the NFL you know, page and was looking at different teams and I saw the Colts and it's a horseshoe little, you know, logo. Yep. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cute. It's, you know, kind of, you know, good luck. It's cute. Right. So I click on their team. Yeah. <laughs> so I click on their team and I see that their quarterback was Andrew Luck. And I said, get out. You cannot be serious. The quarterback's last name is Luck. Their logo is a horseshoe. Uh... Like that, that is a power team right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I picked it. That was it. That was my team. <laughs> That's a good story. That's not a bad story. <laughs> it's like such like a, I don't know. It's a girl story. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have any good stats to go by. I just was like, are you kidding me? Andrew Luck on the Colts. That's it. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. What are they, they call it? A, um, like it's meant to be, you know, it's one of yeah. those things. And That's but, what I thought. Yeah. I can't believe they sent you home because you were um you didn't have a team. <laughs> That's crazy. So But my, they appreciated that I picked a team. They started buying me Colts gear. I got a mug and a keychain and sunglasses. They they supported me fully in my Colts decision. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the um So so I I'm actually um and I'll give you I'm an NFL fan. Have been, Are you? Yeah, since I was a kid. Um, I <laughs> I follow the Miami Dolphins. Okay. And purely 100% for no other reason than Dan Marino. And yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, he was the coolest cat and it was on the back of um, of what? Oh, my son's ringing me. Hang on one second. I'll get rid of that. Um, it's on on the back of... Him and me trying to understand the game. We didn't have it out here. No one played it out here. There's a few American guys trying to start it. And I sort of, we didn't have coverage of it, which we do now. And 
So it was very scattered trying to get information and that was, and that was my team and I sort of just stuck with them. I've never changed. Um, when it comes to baseball, I've never really had a team and I sort of um, – I became a, a fan of the Padres for a while and that was, pure, that was purely 100%. This is the reason. The day that I was getting married, I had like, before you get married, you go and meet the, the priest and stuff. And I never went to church and my, my ex-wife did. And she said, this is – the guy that was marrying us was the guy that baptised them. Like it's, that's how long this guy's been at the church. Um, my wife was one of five girls. He baptised them all. He was starting to marry them off and that was the way it was. So we had to go and meet this guy. Anyway, this mate of mine who had a Catholic background, um, we're all saying, I just said, look, just be pleasant to him. You know, don't ask him questions. Just don't – just let him – just shake hands, be nice. Let him talk to the girls and we'll just, you know, do our thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the blokes walk in, my mate's, you know – G'day, Father. Hello, Father. Here you go. My, my mate walks in, my best man goes, G'day, Padre. <laughs> so that's they became my team because of that. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just like, just the way he looked at me, winked and went, G'day, Padre. And I just like, oh, God. <laughs> so um, I like the Padres for a while. I like the Minnesota Twins for a while. But now I think like the se- last season just finished, I sort of followed the Texas Rangers, but um, just because that's a cool name. But what we don't know here is what you guys get over there, which is just information on information on information. And literally before the season starts, I got an email from a guy in the US and went, hey, good luck with the football season. You're a Dolphins fan. You're not (laughs) going to go anywhere. I went, (laughs) and I think we won four games for the year. Like, And it was all against the lesser side. So... It's um, It hasn't been a good year, but I, what I did love was the Kansas City Chiefs getting up and yes. the quarterback, I watched because I watched all the final se- like se- series with him, Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes, he just blew me away of because I've got a son his age and his coolness, he never lost it. He always uh-huh. just pulled it out of the fire, whereas I thought, San Francisco were good, but they were just – they were too structural. Like you could you could read what they were doing, whereas, like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was actually a really good – we call it a final se- series. You call it final se- series? A Super Bowl. Yeah, but all, all the lead-up games, like after the regular season's finished. Oh. Uh, the, I don't know, actually. Yeah, so we, we would call it the finals – Series where you—that's probably right. Yeah, um, every game I watched was amazing. Like it was, yeah. But um, yeah, he would never have to work again in his life. Yeah, it's the money is yeah. just crazy. Okay, so you're a cult, still a Colts fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You stick with them? Yeah, I got a little sad when Andrew like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Announced his retirement. I even texted my neighbor. I mean, I haven't been their neighbor for three or four years now, and I even texted her. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> yes, but uh, I have remained true to being a Colts fan. Okay. And is baseball just a standard thing where everyone is a baseball fan? 
Um, I think it's probably the most common, but surprisingly, I feel like in the past year or two, I have met more people who hate baseball than I ever thought existed. Yeah, okay. Interesting. So, Just like yeah. got sick. I, I mean, they play so many games in a season. And it's slow. Yeah. It's not a, a quick pace game like soccer or football where there's a lot of or basketball where you're running across the court. You know, it's a lot of standing around waiting for a ball to be hit or hit far or, you know. Yeah. So it's definitely not, it's definitely more of like a, a leisure, slow leisure sport like golf even, but. It's it's on, it's on my to-do list to go to a, a game in the U.S. I've never been to a baseball game in the U.S. Um, I love going to baseball games. Yeah. I used to go out here. We've we've got a. Well, actually, it's really dropped off. We had a comp. We've got a national competition, but it's really dropped off, in. Um, in finding its its audience. And particularly in Australia, because, we have such a small population, and. You've got to get these people into like you know get the guys into sports. So, in the summertime, cricket's the biggest. You ever seen cricket? Isn't that pretty similar to baseball? Oh, if you think if you think if you think baseball slow, you got to watch cricket. So the original game of cricket was called Test Match Cricket, which is still still today my favourite of all time because it's very strategic. (laughs) Wait, I'll tell you this part. It's played over five days. There's a test match that's played over five days and there's three sessions a day. So you've got the morning session, then you have a lunch break, then you've got the after, which are two hours, two-hour sessions. And then you have an afternoon session and then you have, like, sorry, you have lunch after lunch and then you have a tea break and then you have an afternoon session. And that goes on for four or five days. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny when you say um, baseball slow, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to send you what cricket looks like. But um, it's funny because our cricketers take to baseball really well. But it's it's a different different game. The, the, the test match cricket is like um, a strategic game where you can bat and all day as long as you don't get out, sort of thing. Whereas in baseball, you get out, you know. Next minute you field yeah. and, and then you go through the list and you're back playing again. So, yeah, that's a different spin. Well, that's, I'll have to educate you on cricket. Yeah, where do you see yeah. it? You'll be like, what? <laughs> so, family size we've covered. Um, I have to come back to why adorably, Mandy. Do you think you're a dork? <laughs> yeah, 1,000%. Really? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you've seen some of the, the videos and silly things that I post. I'm not, I'm definitely not a cool chick. I'm not, I'm, I, the self-deprecating humor and the just zero shame when it comes to being silly. So let's come back to your school experience. How, how was school for you? You went to school in California? I did, yeah. No. So, um, the, the other thing Australians struggle to get their head around is that you guys never had a uniform at school at all, did you? Some schools do. Usually not the public schools. Usually the private schools or the charter schools. Yeah. Okay. 
So all schools in Australia have uniforms. Oh. All schools. And it's the private schools that become like very particular and still wear blazers and some of them have got hats. Really? And, oh, yeah, 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 the private schools. But the, in the, even in the state schools, all state schools wear uniforms. So that was that's a big thing. That so you've constantly is, is that a is that a big thing when you're growing up, particularly when you become a teenager, when you pick out an outfit to go to school? Like, is that a, a cool thing, or it just becomes a day to day? Yeah, I'm just used to it. Oh, it's definitely just a day to day used to it. Yeah. Okay. Unless I mean, I'm sure that there's like girls that care more about fashion that actually plan out their outfits and have you know everything strategic down to the jewelry. I just was never one of them. Yeah. So. So I, I think of the movies that stick out for me that really describe that is Clueless. Yeah. And Mean Girls. Yes. That's, yep. That sort of sums up. I sort of look and go, yeah, yeah. See, we're a school. The boys just, we had to wear the same thing so it didn't really matter. And the girls, how they showed their rebellious side was they would, take up the hem on their skirt to be as short as possible <laughs> that that was that was how they rebelled you know that was the thing okay so school was good for you obviously you went to school with your cousins and your brother and and family your sisters i did i only went to public school for a year and a half in high school yeah and then i switched to an alternative school what's so what's i wasn't so an alternative school, so a, a normal public school, you go to school from like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., right? You yep. get a lunch break. Yep. And it's Monday through Friday. And this alternative school that I went to, I went to school on Thursday mornings from 9 to 10. And then I would go home with books and packets to do. And I would return the next Thursday and test out of that subject that I went home to study on. Get out of town. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And so literally, so I, yeah, okay, so 9 to 10 on a Thursday, which would mean here's your new work plus what you did, what you've tested for for the week. Mm-hmm. And then yep. you wouldn't have to go back till the next Thursday. Right, so I'd just go home and work on my packet. So I, it, it was absolutely unusual. It was not something that was common. Um, I did it because, and this is going into another story that may or may not be interesting, so you can, I'll let you decide, but I did it because this family that I was babysitting for, you know, like every preteen and teenager has a side babysitting business, yep. you know, or whatever, yep. um, their six-year-old son was diagnosed with leukemia and his mom was not doing well. Her mental health took a huge hit at the thought of losing her son. And so... I talked my parents into letting me switch to this alternative school so that I could be a live-in nanny for them and help take care of the two other kids that didn't have the leukemia um, so that the parents could be at the hospital with the sick one and, you know, take more, be able to give him more attention. So that was kind of, I, I was a live-in nanny. I was working while doing this alternative school. That's amazing. How are how you, you made that decision? I was 14, almost wow. 15. That's pretty selfless for 14 because there's realistically in the scheme of everything, there's nothing in it for you. That's that's a huge selfless act. How are you a dork? Well, You're not a dork. 
you're hiding behind the door. <laughs> no, this family was something special. I had been babysitting for them since I was 12. And yeah. it was devastating when the boy got leukemia and I felt helpless. And it was like, to me, in my moment of being determined and being desperate to, to be involved while I still could, that was there was no other option for me. That was the only solution. So it wasn't, I, I was, it was absolutely selfish because in my mind, it was the only thing I could do that would give me more time with them. So it was definitely selfish. No, 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 that's not selfless because you're, yeah, you're wanting to help others. Wow. Um, you know, I'm going to ask the follow-up question about how the little boy went. He did pass away. Yeah. How, how long, did, how old did he live to? Um, he passed away about six months after I moved in with them. Okay. Wow. Okay. So a selfless act and a massive dose of trauma as well. Wow. That's huge for 14, 10 and 15. Um, do you think that had a lot to do, like you, you made the decisions a lot because of coming from a big family and caring about others? I mean, I'm not, I'm not um, trying to pick your brain apart. I'm, it's just blowing me away. I hadn't thought about it that way, actually, but you, you're probably right. I mean, I, I grew up around a lot of little cousins, and it kind of was, is just, I'm, it's in my nature, I guess, to be nurturing towards the little ones, so maybe. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, wow. So did you, you stayed on at alternative school after that? I did. Um, so the, the mom's mental health, unfortunately, continued to spiral. And uh, the parents ended up getting divorced. And it was, it, it got really messy. I'll just leave it at that. And the poor two other kids, um, Zachary, the one that passed away, he was six. And uh, he had an older brother that was eight and a younger sister who was six months. And so I stuck around until the dad got remarried. Um, that way I could just kind of help. I was yeah doing the the housework and and like a meal prep and you know trying to help with the mom as much, best as I could but it was a little bit out of my realm yeah. <laughs> the mental yeah. health part um but once the dad got remarried is when and I that was my senior year anyways and so I finished out my school at the alternative school and then went away to college so it the timing of it ended up working itself out perfectly well, that's remarkable. I think that's very selfless and um, kudos to you. I didn't know any of that and, and um, it just goes a lot to say a lot about your character. So, um, yeah, wow. I thought you were a funny chick. I never thought you were a dog by any means, <laughs> but I do realise that you're selfless as well. Um, now you, can have, you have to help me out with this one because here's something I don't understand. When you talk about your junior year, your senior year, your sophomore year. I don't know what any of that and how that what that refers to. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, in high school, it's four years of right. high school. And so they call the first year freshman year. And they call the second year sophomore year. Right. And the third year is junior year. And then like, your last year is senior year. So how old are you as a freshman? I was 13. Okay. I I was I've always been like the younger one in my group in my class. Yeah. And then because I did this alternative school, it's also um, 
you can work at your own speed. So if, if you go back and you don't test out of that subject, you have to take it again. But you can also at, you can also take two subjects at the same time, which is what I did to kind of graduate early. So I would take, you know, history and math and go home and test on it and come back and, and yeah. test out of it yeah. instead of the one week. So um, I did end up graduating when I was 17, um, just barely turned 17. Okay. So that, okay. I'm just trying to work out. So you finish roughly about 17, 18, you finish as a senior. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. from there you enter into college. Mm-hmm. So what, pr- prior to high school, what do you call school before you go to high school? Uh, we have junior high, which is eighth grade and seventh grade. Ah, okay. And there we are. Okay. All right. Now it makes complete sense to me. So in our school system, you go from kindergarten, first class to sixth class. Then you go to high yes. school, which is year seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Oh. Yeah. That's that's high school for us. So well you're talking junior high. Is that a different it's not on the same campus as high school? No. Mm-mm. No, okay. So we go into high school now um eleven turning twelve or twelve is year seven. And then eight, nine, ten. And we used to have a certificate where you could get out and finish school in year ten when you're sixteen. Uh, that was called a school certificate and then you went on to do 11 and 12 and you got your higher school certificate and then you apply for university after that. They've taken out the year 10 one and uh, you have to go on to get your H... what they call the HSC, which is a high school certificate. And and basically you sit for a test in year 12, which is the equivalent of the SATs. Okay. And then you then get scaled in and you apply for all the universities and the courses you want to do and the higher the mark you get, the the more choices you get. That's roughly how it works. Interesting. Yeah. So say, for instance, if you wanted to study medicine, depending on the marks that come in that year, which is always in the top 10 percentile, so between 90 and 100%, it may be 92 upwards or it might be 96 upwards depending on the scores that came in to do medicine and then the each of the universities will then have their own system where they'll say we're only going to take the two the top two percentile and then you have to apply for a lesser university and that's generally how oh. it works yeah and and it's really it should be more flexible it's not because each state has a different schooling system primarily when you apply for university you go to your local or one within a couple of hours. Like you don't ever, like in America, you take off and go on the other side of the country, which I think is an awesome idea. Um, we don't generally have that in Australia. It may it varies from state to state, but because the schooling curriculum is different in each state, then you, it, it's hard to measure up with different universities as well. Gotcha. Yeah, so, and... Uh, it's very rare that you would live on campus. Uh, really? Yeah. I think those days are, are sort of far, few and far between. There's different – so even understanding what you guys call college is we call university and the college might be on the campus of the university and that's where you live. So – but they're very few and far between. There's not a lot of live on. 
you might live in the same area. So if it's if you go out west and you go out to a a town that's say you know three hours away, you'll catch up with people that that live there, and then you'll find a part-time job and you'll rent a place where all the students rent a place together but it's not necessarily on campus yeah okay. a different... do you guys have a, like a, a junior college do you guys have like a two-year college um yeah they yeah look they each of the universities now have uh like an entry college and it's if you didn't get the marks to do the course that you want to do straight from university you'll go to that college and you'll spend 12 months doing a course to cover like preparation for university and then you get to apply the next year, that sort of thing. So if you don't get the marks that you want to do a certain uh, course, you go to that college, you do it for 12 months and that sort of gives you more leeway to get into it the following year. Okay. Our junior colleges out here are like completely different schools different educational institutions than uh, the okay. four-year universities so what what do you get from a two-year course at a junior college you can get like a specialized like certification or a, an associate's degree instead of a bachelor's degree uh, so okay. oftentimes the people will go to junior college for or, or it's called community college as well um same thing but you can go and get like your mechanical automobile mechanic certificate or a cosmetology certificate um, or like a general education associates, like something along those lines. And it does usually transfer to a four-year university, Uh, but um, a lot of times people just go to the community college instead of going for the big bachelors. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, and it used to be popular, obviously, with Year 10 particularly, but we have a thing called TAFE, T-A-F-E, which stands for Technical and Further Education. And those are the, the, the education or colleges, I guess you'd call them in a sense, where tradespeople go to. So your mechanics, your plumbers, oh, okay. your electricians, um, your general day-to-day trades, They you enter into that. So what would happen would be, you would get uh, an apprenticeship as either a mechanic or, you know, a, a plumber or electrician, whatever it is. A company would take you on and then you would work for them, say, four days a week and you'd go to college or TAFE one day a week and okay. you have to go to TAFE for three years and then the following year you um, do another course which covers off business and then you become a tradesperson and you can then start up your own business, that sort of thing. So you're indentured as an apprentice for, you know, three years under the guidance of a company that you work for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and chefs. Chefs, for instance, is a popular one. So you become a chef. Chef used to be three years. I think now you can do it in two. Um, and there's a friend of mine who's a um, – she's a chef teacher at TAFE and she teaches commercial what they call commercial cookery. And, uh, yeah, that's now a two-year – Degree, oh, degree! It's a yeah certificate, yeah certificate. certificate. So when when I hear freshman, sophomore, I don't even know what sophomore means. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's not your fault. It's because I don't know. I'm, I should have looked it up. So once you finish your senior year, you then become a freshman in college. Yeah. Um, you can be, yeah. 
There's that, a lot of people that don't go to college. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but is that is that the like is that how it's known? You're known as your first year of college is a sophomore. Oh, sorry, is a, f- a freshman. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. it's yeah, it's the same name too as high school. So you could be a sophomore in college, a junior in college, a senior in college. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. Because there's been a few uh, shows that on Netflix. I think it's QB One. I think is one of them. Um, where they talk about they show footage from high schools that play football um, in America and the grounds and the facilities that some of these schools have got is, is crazy. I still can't get my head around the crowds that turn up to college football games, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's mental. It's every it's like everyone that lived in surrounding areas is there. It's crazy. It, it is big. It, even out here in, at ASU, it's like the streets all around the ASU stadium shut down because there's just so many people. And they'll, you want to always like go into the stadium either. They'll, you know, sit on the grass outside or um, there'll be, you know, every pub and bar and restaurant around is showing the game and those places will be packed with people watching the game. It's, it's crazy how, in, how people are so into college football oh, I had no idea because like the thought of you know and again it's population but in Australia like you, if you went I'm going to go and watch like university and you're like really why like you just wouldn't do it there's there's no the, the only people that turn up to the games are family members of the people that are playing like it's just <laughs> it's not that popular you know it's um and even high school is not yeah, it's only family members. It's it's just yeah, but you know. I think part of, I think part of the appeal to it is knowing that there's going to be a star from these teams that make it to the pros, and so it's kind of like you get a head start on watching someone's career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a show. I'm pretty sure I have to go back and have a look. I think it's called QB One. And they look at these high school kids in their senior year of, you know, and they're all quarterbacks, obviously. And uh, one of them was in Texas. But it, and, and, the, and the, the lifestyle they lead and, the, you know, they come from wealthy family versus mm-hmm. another kid who's up and coming who doesn't come from a wealthy family and uh, what he has to deal with and, you know, trying to make a, a mark on the world because – you know, he's going to get picked up to go to college next year and he's going to support his mom. And, yeah, it's, it was a, it was really good actually. But the facilities that are available for high school kids just blows me away because it's just like new uniforms that come out for the start of the season and then there's a new, you know, set of uniforms every week type of thing and it's like like it, it just doesn't happen in our schooling system out here and it's like where does the money come from, you know? It's yeah. crazy. And particularly the one that was in Vegas because it's like all desert and then this green, lush, perfect football field in the middle of nowhere and you're just like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually looking forward to seeing the um, the new Raiders stadium finish because I've, I've sort of been following that as it's been going on and it's it's crazy. It's just mental how yeah. big, how big that place is. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be going and checking it out in person. Oh. Vegas is only like a, a five-hour drive for me. Yeah, so. okay. That's not bad. Yeah. It, it definitely... And my sister lives out there. 
Oh, really? Yeah, so I have a place to stay if I want to go uh, to a Raiders game. That's even better. Yeah. So, hi, sis. Oh, you come to see me? Yeah, oh, sort of. I'm going to watch the game. No, I'm just here for the football <laughs> game. <laughs> okay. So, high school, you went to college, you didn't go to college. What did you decide to do? I did, but I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. <laughs> because I didn't actually graduate with my – I have an associate. I didn't actually graduate until the year after my divorce. So, I was – 31 when I got my associates instead of the normal like 19 or 20. Yeah. That's all. That's standard. I I left high school and went to work and got a job and I didn't go back to uni until I was 30, 31. Um, yeah. And then I, I went back again four years ago. So, no. It's, it's only... So you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It actually gets harder when you go back and get older. It just, <laughs> but I, I also think that there's a lot of like I know for a fact that 18, I wasn't, I couldn't have the discipline to learn because everything was new and sparkly and you know the big wide world. And I don't do yep. I don't do well because I don't have self discipline when it comes to restrictions. So in that, in particular, in that time, I was you know the last guy to leave the party and. I'd be like, I'm having a good time now. Why would I want to stop? <laughs> that was my mentality. So, you're a party animal. Uh, I wouldn't say animal. I was I was a binge drinker. I was a big binge drinker, and it was like, um, if it's this good now, you know, why would you want to stop it? And I just, yeah, yeah, I was a party animal. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but um, okay. I plan on going back to get my bachelor's. In fact. I tried to enroll last fall, but things in life were just crazy. You know, as a single mom it's, and working full-time and having a full-time job and a part-time job, it just was not feasible. I just thought there's just no way I can add more to my plate right now. But maybe when my kids are older, I'll find the time to go back to school. Well, there's the next step we get to. Kids, you've got children. We haven't spoken about them. Yeah, I have three kids. And uh, you look so young. You don't look Thank like you. I, I was shocked when you said you had children. I really was. I didn't think you looked old enough. My oldest is nine. Yep. Nine, seven, six. Yep. How much fun are they at this age? Oh, it's a blast. This yeah. is like the perfect age. They're independent enough that I don't have to like worry and watch their every single move, but it's still young enough where things are magical and whimsical and everything's exciting and they have a to-do list of things that they would love, you know, and it's, it's a fun age. That's awesome. I'm, yeah. I, I, if I could have my time again, I'd, I'd readily go back to that age with kids and the questions I've got, my, my kids are 23 and 24. So they're self-sufficient and, and very independent. And, um, and that was my son ringing me before. It'll be all about how his day at work was. That's what it'd be. Oh, just, yeah? Yeah, he just wanted a vent. That's all it'd be. You know what happened today? I'll be <laughs> like, um, and I'll catch up with him later. My daughter's more independent and more driven and um, she's an animal lover and wanted to be a vet but realised that she would never get the marks. So she became a, a vet nurse. Oh. And, uh, but at seven and eight, at the age that you're talking about, she would say, this her opening statement for everything. Dad, 
you know, that would be everything. And she would be just sprouting <laughs> off. Stupid. That's adorable. Oh, it was cute. It was, I have to say. And I never wanted girls. I was. I had my son and I went, like, I'm, I'm just happy to have boys. And uh, she changed my life. She really did. And, um, but I will say, around 13, 14, something happened. And she went from being dad's girl to, uh, I don't know what's going on with my body. And I'm going to take it out on everyone until I work out what's going on. <laughs> so I, um, I was a, a woman I was dating at the time. I spoke to her father. Mick, his name was. I said to Mick, listen, you've got had two daughters. Um, Tegan, my daughter, is is given not me so much grief but her mother and she's really testing her. I said, what do, what do you do with these teenage girls? He goes, I had two girls. He goes, you want some advice? I said, I'm asking you. He said, put them in the ground when they're 13 and then dig them up when they're 21. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, that's, um, that's advice. Yeah, so... <laughs> But she never gave me grief. She would just block me out of her life and, and mm-hmm. just and all of a sudden dad wasn't cool. Whereas prior to getting a period and, and becoming a woman, she would stand on my feet at the football match or she'd be, Aww. yeah, yeah. She was like, she'd come up, standing up next to me and she'd grab my hand and hold my hand. and Aww. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I, I didn't, and because I was separated from their mother, I didn't live with their mother at that stage. Um, it was like I had them every weekend. So it was that, like, I used to joke and say, it's like Father's Day every weekend for me. But um, oh, they I tested like each other, don't get me wrong. They tested each other. And as you've, you're probably well aware, it's, you're always pulling one kid off, so not, you know, the other kid. I don't know, actually. I And I don't want to jinx it, but I have gotten very, very lucky in that my kids very rarely argue or fight with each other. And I don't know why I got so lucky, but if they do argue or fight, it doesn't last very long. I'm talking a very, like 30 seconds max before someone says, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. And I'm just sitting there like slack job. Like, did this just happen? (laughs) Get out of town. Seriously? I'm dead serious. I have gotten so lucky in that department that they are, Oh, so awesome. close with one another. And I'm, I mean, obviously it's not going to last. I'm just dreading the teenage years when they actually hate each other. But for right now, it's truly amazing to watch them because they get along so well. So, um, what's the break? What's the makeup of them, of your children? Eldest one's a girl? She's a girl. Nine year old girl, seven year old girl, six year old boy. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. If I could, and yeah, this isn't something that I, I normally share on, on Twitter and Instagram. This is going to be exclusive for you. <laughs> my son, my six-year-old, his name is Zealand because I love New Zealand and want to go to New Zealand so much. I named him Zealand. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, I like names with meaning. Yeah, I think names with meaning is cool. And there you go. You've just revealed a big out that no one knows. Yeah. So do you call him, <laughs> do you call him Zealand in full or call him Zed or? So we'll, 
it's usually Zealand, and sometimes I call him Z or Z yeah. McGee. Yeah, oh, Z. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Zealand, yeah. That's cool. And it's funny because obviously it's not a common name like whatsoever, and so when people hear his name, they're like, "Are you saying Zealand?" And I'm like, "Yeah, like the country New Zealand." Yeah. And they're like, "That's so interesting. <laughs> what made you pick that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just I love the country. I want to go there someday." <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Originality is everything. Yeah, I think originality is good. Builds character. Yeah, and he lives up to it. Let me tell you, he is a original kid for sure. He's spunky and witty and so intelligent. And yeah. yeah. Well, if he's smart, he will become good friends with his sisters because... When he hits puberty, <laughs> his sisters are going to have hot friends. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, family life, college, having children. What we haven't touched on, you're also a model. And, pe- and people are going to yeah. say to me, and I know this, I just know I can read people's, yeah, uh, you, only, you only want to talk to her because she was a model. And I'm like, nah, check out a profile and you'll see how funny she is. <laughs> Thanks. How did um, you get into modeling? Um, well, I, uh, let's see, last year, my dad was running for constable out here in our small town. And I was working one of his political booths to get signatures to get his name on the primary ballot. Okay, and I'm going to have, have to ask you to tell me what, it, what you refer to a constable as. Um, so it's kind of like, a glorified cop. <laughs> okay. So a constable would be someone that handles like the court papers and like delivers search warrant, not search warrants, uh, serves papers. So whether that's like divorce or uh, uh, okay. orders of protection type of thing. Yeah. Okay. So but they're not um, actually part of the police force. No. So they, they typically, a constable typically will have like law enforcement background, but they're more of a court appointed or elected official than actual law enforcement. Okay. So our equivalent would be a sheriff. Okay. We have sheriffs too. Yeah. But yeah. So we, that's what sheriffs primarily run that court side and the, okay. know, serve divorce papers or, and look after that sort of thing. And a constable for us is a ranking in the police force. Oh, really? Yeah, so when you start, you start as a junior constable. Yeah, that's when you okay. said he was he was vying to be a constable. And I went, okay, now I've got it 100%. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt so your story. We might, no, that's okay. I, I think we might have it like opposite of you guys then because we have rankings like deputy sheriff and then sheriff as yeah. like part of the law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, no, we okay, the sheriff's department for us is completely, um, and it is more to do with um, serving papers or serving court proceedings or yeah, that sort of. It's they, I guess they're part of law enforcement, but they're not the police. Okay. Yeah. So your dad was going to run for constable. Yeah, so um, I was working his booth to get signatures, and the booth that was next to us was another uh, political office runner candidate um, who also happens to own or co-own a modeling agency out here. 
and we just got to talking and he said, I think that you would be great at it and gave me his card. Um, and then I actually didn't end up calling him for several months because, uh, the whole like political race and the, the campaign got a little heated between he and my dad. And so I didn't want to like slight my dad or like choose sides against my dad. So I was like, we can just pretend like he didn't reach out to me and tell me I'd be a model. So once the, the campaign stuff settled down, I reached out to him and said, you think it's too late? Can I still look into that? And so anyways, I, I signed, I signed a contract with his agency last June. Um, so I'm, I'm new to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not an, a famous model by any means. Well, you're famous now. You're famous in Australia. There you go. <laughs> Just put it out there. Um, did your dad become constable? He no, nope. He lost okay. um, in part because of that guy. <laughs> really? Next to us, yeah. So the guy that was the this uh, co-owner of my agency, he was running for a, a state senate spot, and um, we were in the works of getting him to endorse my dad. He has obviously like a much bigger campaign fund. And so it's very, uh, important, I guess, in, in your campaign run to, to get backed up by more powerful people with bigger funds, because that means that you get more to more funds to play with. Yeah. But, uh, he ended up endorsing my dad's competitor with the only reason being, uh, that it was, um, I don't know, it's kind of a, a long backstory, but basically somebody that he was already paired up to run with is um, neighbors with my dad's opponent. So oh, okay. we, th- we thought it was a cheap shot instead of going with the good guy. He had to just go with somebody's neighbor. But anyways, no, my dad lost. <laughs> so did your dad go around and put dog shit on his front lawn? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not a, that's not a thing. It should be. Yeah. <laughs> no, my dad my dad took the loss very gracefully and uh I think my mom is very relieved that he didn't he didn't win because it's yeah a much bigger job than I think she wanted him to have. So Okay. And what's your dad do now? Uh well my dad is a retired deputy sheriff and so he was only running for constable because he didn't like the way that our small town, our small town's current constable is running things. Yeah. And he wanted to correct some things. So that was the only reason why he was running. So my dad is just retired, but, um, he's a good dude. He ran for constable. But yeah, he is. Yeah. It sounds like you, um, come from people with integrity. It's a good thing. Yeah. 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 It's funny you talk about uh, your daughter and her uh, switch in, in mood because <laughs> I can remember very specifically about that same age as when I started getting real sassy and standoffish to my dad. Yeah. And I specifically remember this conversation with him. He took me in the car for a drive. And I remember him saying, I don't know why you think I deserve to be treated the way you're treating me, but I think it needs to stop. And he was very just genuine and um I felt the pain in his heart when he said that yeah and I was like 
you are absolutely right. I have no reason to be doing this and I don't know why I'm doing this. And like from then on, we were back to being best friends. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. But that's just kind of the, the dad I have. It's he, he never spanked us. He never really raised his voice at us. He was always just very like logical and, but like wore his heart on his sleeve and just yeah would speak. So I don't know. It was, yeah. Yeah. He's a good he's a good man. He's a good guy. And it, and it's not I don't want to ever alienate anyone by saying you don't understand until you have kids, right? Because I think that's a dick statement. But the truth of the matter is your understanding of love, unconditional love, takes a new step when you have children because it's it's you just you're, they're there twenty four seven and it's Okay, that's the bullshit alarm. Right at this point for some reason, I go off on a wild rant talking about kids and my kids and blah, blah, blah. I've cut it out purposely because I know that's not relevant, but this is not about me. So um, this now is officially known as the bullshit alarm. And if you hear it, you'll know why. Okay, let's get back to where we were at. Special time. I like your dad. I like him. Yeah, he's a good guy. And yeah, he's a good guy. He obviously knows that I'm a I model now for this guy's agency. That's not a secret, you know. And he's been very supportive and such a gushing, proud dad. He's you know he's always posting because I I mean I've I've done TV segments and I've been in the news and I've done you know different catalogs, fashion catalogs, and he just gushes about it on his Facebook page and he sends the emails out to you know friends and family that you know in case you didn't see on facebook this is what mandy's done you know recently and he's just it's so it's cute he's such he's such a proud dad yeah that's awesome i think it's awesome is it mandy short for amanda or purely mandy it's short for amanda yep yeah yeah okay i just um it's it's interesting when you're talking about that, that that young boy who um zachary I've got a nephew called Zach, and I said to him, oh, is it short for Zachary? My brother went, no, no, it's Zach. None of this Zachary. Oh, Zach. really? I went, oh, yeah. I said, okay, chill. God, like. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, okay. Excellent. So we've covered off. What are you going to tell me about Arizona? About Arizona. Um... We've just found out that you're a uh, local celebrity. No, 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 no. Uh, no. <laughs> I have very, very small roles in this modeling industry. I didn't even have <laughs> speaking parts of, or anything on these on this news or TV segment. So definitely uh, <laughs> not a local celebrity. Do you enjoy um, Do you enjoy modeling? I absolutely love it. It is my favorite hobby it's such a self-esteem boost and um there's like i don't know that it's like an adrenaline rush almost to participate i guess from the moment i get the booking confirmation that has like my contract details and how much i'm gonna get paid for it to showing up for the gig not you know i'm still new at this i haven't been doing it even a year yet and so a lot of times i'm showing up completely nervous having no idea what to expect like 
what am I going to wear? What, how is my hair going to look? Where do you want me to stand? Like, I have, you know, no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the final product and seeing it, you know, be published and, and go live. And I'm just, it, the whole thing is so fun. I just, and I, I mean, it, this goes back to me being a dork. I just, I get such a, a kick out of just giggling and having fun. And that's a big part of, like behind the scenes of a lot of these modeling gigs that I get, it's just being goofy and, you know, uh, not being too serious. Promoting, yeah. Yeah. And just promoting, pro- promoting their product, you know, with just a smile on my face, just happy to be there. I don't know. I, I, I really thoroughly enjoy it. It is, it is my favorite hobby right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people that can say they've never done it. There's plenty of, people on Instagram that think they're models. <laughs> I have a hard time with this because I am certainly not an Instagram model. Um, I've said this before on one of my stories on Instagram. I don't know how Instagram models do it because they constantly and consistently have people taking their picture or taking video of them behind the scenes modeling. And every time I go on a gig, it's either you have to keep your phone away. They don't want you taking pictures behind the scenes. Or if you are allowed to have your phone out, you don't have someone there to take your picture for you or take these videos for you because you're working. You don't bring a friend on the set. And so I'm going, how do these Instagram models do this and have like all of this behind the scenes content? Because I'm either not allowed to have my phone out or I'm literally busy working and I'm not thinking about taking behind the scenes videos and pictures. So yeah. I, it, the whole Instagram thing, just, I, it completely, I'm, I'm baffled. I have no idea how these Instagram model girls do it. Cause I struggle keeping up with, with behind the scenes and you know, this and that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm obviously an observer to a lot of it and, and trying to understand how it works and how it operates and and how um the money that's being made and like i'm i'm just so i'm always interested in how you're making money from the internet working from your own premises or working you know in your own sort of mentality and um i find that like i I just seen recently a friend of a friend sort of thing and she said just follow this friend of mine and you know she's in her late 40s i think and um, and she had a, she was hanging out with her girlfriends on the weekend and they literally must have had a photographer hanging out with them, taking photos of them and they've put them up on Instagram. They've all been, you know, on, on filters and they've been like professionally done. But they've listed all these photos and each of them, like the three girls that are there, they've each put similar photos, like they're modelling photos, but they're not modelling anything. It's not a paid gig. It's... They just spent the weekend taking pictures of each other. I don't get it. No, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I'm trying to, and they're not. They're not ugly girls. They're attractive women, but they're not like. It, are they doing portfolios? Well, it's not a portfolio. This is just. So their weekend literally consisted of hanging out, putting makeup on, and standing in like different poses and and different places and. Like if they hired a photographer, or did they hire the premises, or like and that was their that was their week. It was literally that was their weekend, and yeah, they're filtered to the shit house. Like they're professionally filtered, and you sort of go, well, okay, if that's your thing, that's your thing. But I'm not getting 
why? You know? Right. So anyway, that's 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 the, the spin of Instagram that I don't understand. I don't understand it. I and I I can't figure out the the how to break that barrier on Instagram because I'm not one of those girls that just has yeah. somebody with a camera following me all the time. Yeah. That I I have a hard time. Like you'll I mean you'll notice on my Instagram I have just barely over 200 followers versus on Twitter I have over 11,000 because I can't figure out <laughs> where that that connection is to reach out to the audience of Instagram unless I had that entourage that follows me specifically for content building where versus Twitter where I am the content builder. Yeah. I'm going to teach you a lot more colloquial Australian sayings that you can <laughs> try out. My favorite one, my dad's, this is my dad's favorite of all time and it's standard if he rings me or if he, if I see him, whatever. Is uh, <laughs> you're gonna love this. You got to think of it as one word, but it's several. Okay. Okay. Here you go. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. Here you going? Here you go. How you going? Yeah. How you going? <laughs> Into one. Here you go, mate. Here you going, mate? Yeah. That's 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 your term. So, the next time you talk, talk to someone, <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Just go. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I know how to break down the syllables more than I just did. No, you going. don't break them down. Just <laughs> one, and it's got to be nasal. So it's got to be like, oh, here you go. Here you going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Nailed it. Here you go. That's that's my dad's standard. <laughs> Standard thing, and I'd see him, and I'd walk up, and he'd shake my hand, and he'd go, here you go. Okay. Here you go. Yeah, good, mate. How's yourself? Yeah. Yeah, can't complain. <laughs> you know, that's, I love it. Yeah. So I used to be quite embarrassed about the the world that I, you know, the colloquialism of, of my language, which now I embrace it because I'm Australian and I'm proud of it, and that's that's part of it. And, and actually, if you hear... In a lot of Australians, it's quite funny. They'll say, uh, where are you from? We go, Australia. And it gets shortened all the time from Australia to Australia. Australia. Yeah, just, no, just Australia. So it's S-T-R-A-Y-A. Yeah. Where are you from, mate? Australia. Oh, yeah. Australia. Yeah, it's just so. So it's got this constant, yeah, there's just like a rhythm to the way that we speak and it, and it doesn't sort of get too familiar. It's not, we don't separate the words, we join them up. It's like, um, I'm, hey, sorry. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's like um, nicknames in Australia. Like uh, if your surname's Smith, oh, it's Smithy, you know, Smithy. Smithy. Or, yeah, or Barry. Oh, that's Bazza or Gary Gazza. Like it's. What? <laughs> yeah, we shorten things. So, like, even Amanda would get Mandy, but you would get Mans. Someone, someone would find a way of shortening and go, oh, yeah, where are you going? Mans. Yeah, I'm going to have a Mans place. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. It is so weird to hear you say that because I have been called that from, by an Australian before. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I met an Australian at Disneyland one time growing up, and he used to refer to me as Mans. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know why. I don't wow. know why. We do. It's like we we get to. I say it's laziness, but we just <laughs> try to shorten it down to the smallest syllable, or to take multiple syllables and turn them into one. I don't know why. It's just. And then we have things like this is what this is what I love about being Australian. If you've got red hair, your nickname will be Bluey. What? Right? You, I've got a mate I went to school with one, two guys that had red hair on the same age. So one got bluey and the other one got called red. Right? What? Because it's your hair's red, but don't give it the obvious nickname. So be called bluey. Hey, you on there, bluey. And the pe- <laughs> people in That's Australia, silly. people with red hair in Australia, would have heard it all the time. Yeah, it's, that's so silly. Yeah, and 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 that's that's part of our vernacular. That's the the craziness. Like if you're, you know, uh, I suppose I don't know if it's in America, but if you're like um, a big tall bloke, someone would call you shorty. How you going, shorty? Because <laughs> it's obvious he's a big tall bloke. You're not going to call him stretch, you know, like because that's just too obvious. <laughs> so you call him shorty, you know. Yeah, it's that's so funny. It's it's a, a real, you have to visit. I'm telling you because you'll love this place. It is, it is its own craziness. Um, and like all communities and societies, there's, there's fighting and infighting. Um, and like all societies, when the the chips are down and your backs to the wall, you everyone joins up together and. These fires that we had literally have run from September through to January and the start of February and they're only now, you know, being put under control and it's burned up an amazing amount of countryside like nothing else. Billions, they talk about billions in the billions of wildlife that's been killed. Yeah. And um, you sort of just pull together. I don't know if I mentioned to you before Celeste Barber. Have you heard of Celeste Barber? Mm-mm. Okay, yes, so she's an Instagram. I'll send you her link. She's a she became an Instagram hit. She's an Australian comedian. And basically, what she did was she would show videos on Instagram of models or them dancing or taking photo shoots, and then she would recreate them. And look, oh, that's right. Yeah, and look like a dick. <laughs> right? And that's yes. where her popularity became big and then she's gone on a tour. She tours America quite regularly and, and literally, I mean, I think she needs to get new material because all she does is talk about her photos and has a bit of a laugh. But when the fires took off, she reached out to her Instagram followers and said, I'm going to start a fund. If anyone would like to donate, um, we'd really appreciate it because there's people that need you know, you know help and there's families that have lost houses and stuff. And I sort of watched her Instagram, 5,000, 10,000. She said, no, we're going for, you know, 50,000. I thought, that's a bit ambitious. And then she got to 50. She said, no, we're going for 100. And I think I sort of stopped really paying attention to about 150,000. And I thought, that, that's pretty brave. I don't know that you're going to do too much better yeah. than that. She ended up raising 52 million. What? $52 million that her – just from her fans – from Instagram from around the world have donated to help Australians that are in trouble. No way. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And and I would say the bulk of those are in the US. Yeah, $52 million. Wow. And she's now 
dealing with the money, the money's in the fund because parts of the government are saying, well, you can't give this money to them and you can't... Do and she's like, well, I'm not handing anything out to anyone until we get an idea of where it's going, which should never be a dilemma when you're trying to help people. Like, right. you've raised the money, you know, 52 million, I can't get my head around that. Yeah. You know, and I... Wow. Yeah, and I, I've always been critical of her. Like, she calls herself a comedian. I'm like, yeah, are you? But... <laughs> When she went to that degree, I went, yeah, that's pretty special. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. So this has been our first chat. I have taken up time and it's really weird because you're going in late Sunday night and I'm going into Monday <laughs> evening. Yeah. So I'm talking. It's almost midnight here for me. Yes, yeah, so I'm talking to you from the future. How does that feel? Tell me, what are the winning lottery numbers yeah. tomorrow? Uh, we, <laughs> we just had a Saturday one and uh, I was 22 mil. I just would like this nice little slice of that and I didn't get any. So. Um, we can actually... I would settle for one mil. That's, I mean, I don't, I'm not asking for a lot. I could, I could do a lot with just one million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I, don't, I don't think that's unreasonable. Buy a house for my kids and I. Put away a little bit for... I don't know, investing in their college maybe, maybe buy a reliable car because mine's about to. Mine, I'll tell you what, I'm having the worst car luck ever. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. No, I could do a lot with one million. <laughs> Book a trip to New Zealand? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you think that we talk funny. You should hear New Zealanders. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's an ongoing the gag about um uh Australians and Kiwis. Because we refer to New Zealanders as Kiwis, yeah? You've heard that before? Yeah, I love yeah. the Kiwis. Yeah, so that's the, nat <laughs> the national bird. Um so I worked with one of the nicest men I ever worked with as a Kiwi. And uh I nicknamed him Rangi because Rangi's like um a character out of a New Zealand comic book and it's a, a popular name with Maoris is Rangi. So is Rangi? Rangi, yeah, R-A-N-G-I, Rangi. Okay. So I nicknamed him Rangi but Rangi's, his name's Paul. But um, we had this on, <laughs> ongoing thing where he would say, uh, every time he'd say something he'd go, oh, yeah, do you remember at school when you used to go to a dance? I go, dance? Mm -hmm. Is that like a dance? And he like you smart ass. So there's the different sort of words, and we had a bet about France. And I, because in Australia we say France, and uh, so I said to him, whoever the correct pronunciation, whoever wins, has to say it properly. Well, of course he was right. It's France, and I, I say France all the time because it's that's the right pronunciation. And my friends would say. I'd go, oh, yeah, when I was in France. And they'd go, France? What's fucking wrong with you? You mean France? <laughs> i go, okay, whatever. So, yeah, but Kiwis have a, a different spin, a different language and, and um, yeah, we're very close rivals. We've actually got his, his something that probably all Australians listening to this will go, oh, why are you telling them this? We have an alliance with New Zealand. But when we went to war in the First World War, um, our troops basically teamed up together 
and stormed an area in Turkey which the British put us in the wrong area. So we were supposed to storm this beach and where they put us was a cliff face. But the group was called the Anzacs and the Anzac refers to the lettering A-N-Z-A-C which is Australian and New Zealand Army Corps. That beach and that area now in Turkey is now known as Anzac Cove and Anzac Day is a special day that's celebrated on the 25th of April every year. And on that day, there's just a tight alliance between Australians and New Zealands where they remember the past where people died. Mm. And multiple Kiwis and Australians go over and celebrate that every Anzac Day and are on that beach at night time waiting for the rise of the sun. So, yeah, there's a bit of... Um, wow. Yeah, that's that's how um, close. While we, we're bitter rivals in many ways, we're very very close in others. Yeah, the Anzac. So that's and they'll refer to that as when they talk about um, you know our strength and that sort of thing. They'll talk about the spirit of the Anzac. Stri- oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I didn't mean to turn this into a history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's um, – I just dig that you like New Zealand. New Zealand's an awesome place. Yeah, you'll have to get I there. I think I'll go there this year. Yeah, and they fly direct from the US. They fly straight out of LA, LA to Auckland. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. New, Air New Zealand's a really, really reputable um, um, company to fly with. Actually, I'll find some stuff to send you because – they have some of the best um, uh, in-flight videos. You know when you've got to do the safety video? Yeah. They do a really good spin on – like they did one where they were all naked but they were coloured that looked like they were wearing suits but they weren't. They were actually like naked. Oh, really? Yeah. They do ones with actors out of New Zealand and Australian actors. Like they, they – um, and that because I think there's such a small population, they can take that next step. Yeah, I'll have to send you stuff. They're, they're, a, they're a really cool neighbour. Um, I worked for a New Zealand company for a long time and um, they used to say to me, we play hard, we work hard, but we also play hard and we just expect that after you play hard, you turn up the next day. And, um, awesome. Yeah, and they do. Oh, my God, they party hard. But... Um, they're really good family orientated and, and uh, yeah, it's, they've got a mentality of looking out for people that work for them, that sort of thing. I can't, I can't re- recommend New Zealand highly enough. I mean, Australia is an amazing place to live. Um, New Zealand's just as good just across the, or what we refer to. Actually, you'll like this. What New Zealanders refer to is across the Dutch. Across the Dutch? The Dutch, yeah. They say Dutch. We say ditch. Meaning like a ditch on the side of the road. But they're saying Dutch like... I know, Dutch. It's not Dutch, Dutch and it's not ditch. It's in between. Across the Dutch. Across the Dutch. Yeah. And across, that's... Across the ditch. Yeah. If you said that <laughs> if you said that to an Australian and go, are oh, you from like across the ditch? They go, no, 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 I'm Australian. It's New Zealand. Like it's just automatically known. Yeah. Because it's just, there's a waterway in between us and, and New Zealand. Across the ditch. Across the ditch, yeah. (laughs) 
So when you yeah you and you're here. Oh, I'm going to send you heaps of stuff. I'm going to bombard you with things now. But yeah. Well, you have to go to work tomorrow. I do. I have to be up in six hours. Okay. Less well, than six hours. Um, thanks for your time and thanks for for being part of uh, Gorilla Radio. I'm so excited. I'm honestly, this is awesome that you're allowing me to be here. <laughs> I, I look. I knew from the outset, um, and we've only ever had one brief conversation prior to this. But I knew from the outset of who you are, um, and we haven't even mentioned getting you on Big Brother. No, that'll have to be our, <laughs> our next conversation. You are. You have. Okay. You've done everything to get on this year's, haven't you? I've yes, but they're doing Celebrity Edition this year, so it'll have to wait till uh, next year. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that gives us time to build up. Build yeah, up the for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, celebrity edition, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you're not a Survivor fan, are you? Am I a what? Survivor fan. I, it's my family's huge on Survivor. I only watch what like if they have it on in the background so i don't know a lot about it but uh my family's huge on it so right now this is me trying to sell you on an american tv show right now as far as survivor heads go like your family members that are into it they would be living it because what they've done it's the 40th season of survivor which Mm -hmm. is crazy because it's it's only been going 20 years. So obviously they've done two and three seasons at different times. Um, and what they've done is they've got 20 winners back and it's winners at war. And literally there's 20 Ooh. people. Yeah. So Boston Rob's back and so is his wife because they've both won it at different times and what? they're not on the same tribe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and it's hard. Like, if you had a favorite, you sort of go, oh, wow. And then he's up against another favorite. And you're like, oh, but oh, no. Like, one, one of my favorites is Ethan. And Ethan won Survivor Africa, which was really, really tough. And they're all good people. Um, but why I'm also – because he's a mad – well, you guys call it soccer, but football. He's a mad soccer player, loves his soccer. But he's also um, – he's had cancer. He's had lymphoma and he's oh, beaten wow. it and now he's gone back to Survivor, which is – like he hasn't played Survivor for 17 years. So it's um, – yeah, it's crazy. And it's it's only just started last week, so it's – the second episode, but I'm, if you're ever going to watch Survivor, listen to me trying to sell you on a show. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I, I, I love Survivor. But seeing the, the, yeah, the old heads back there is pretty big. And Australians oh, love dear. Boston Rob. Really? Oh, love him. Yeah. I just, I can't tell you enough. I don't know what it is. I, maybe he's a straight shooter. Maybe... You know that's that's who he is, but um, yeah, he is, yeah, he's a big, big favourite, and that's cool because I dig him. I'll have to uh, pick my parents' brain about this because I'm sure that they're already watching it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Actually, ask your dad what he thinks of Boston Rob. I'd love to hear what he thinks of him. Okay, I will. Yeah, because Boston Rob, to me, has got a lot of integrity and character, but he's also, he's just got enough grit to, like, he's not afraid to ask a question. He'll ask someone a question of anything, but he... But he's not bombastic in the way that he does it. But he's he does it with full, he's an alpha male. It's, it's just yeah. Ask your dad what I'll he have thinks. To ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, people can find you on Twitter at abdorkably Mandy. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with that? Um. Somebody called me adorable once. That just basically saying that I was an adorable dork. Okay. And just made it into a word, adorkable. And I just was kind of like, the, that kind of does sum me up, I guess. Yeah, I'll go with that. I think that's cool. Because I remember saying to you when you had Mandy Moore, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then I said, Mandy Amore, and you went, yeah, I just don't want to give the wrong impression. I went, well, let's see, that makes sense. Because <laughs> it does sound a little bit pornish, doesn't it, Mandy Amore? Yeah. <laughs> and of course... But it just, I mean... Sorry. My handle does say my handle says adorably Mandy, but my like name on there still says Mandy Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Adorable. It's like Mandy comma more because it's more of me. <laughs> I think they'll find if they put adorably, they won't even have to get further than that, but adorably Mandy and spell it how it sounds. As well as I do like on on your Instagram is the same, adorably Mandy, but it says Mandy and then it says adorably dorky. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So thank you again. I um I love our chats. Yeah, me too. This will be up um two weeks, Sunday week. Okay. And uh, awesome. I'll give you the heads up when it goes up. And uh we will have to talk in the future and catch up and you can give me lessons about what's going on in the US. Okay. Because uh yeah, there's always something. That's the craziest part. It's so big. There's so many people. There's never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. All right. Great chatting. Um, yes, thank me you. rephrase that. Chatting. I've written, so there's the Australian. Chatting. There you go. Chatting. Um, chatting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, oh, that's sweet. You know that one now. I'm sweet. Yeah. So you, use. Uh, please, please use that. This week, just like someone asks you a question, going, nah, no, nah, nah, I'm sweet, mate. Just have a, look at, have a look at the look on their face. It'll be gold. Because as I said to you, as soon as I wrote it, I went, oh, she's going to have a clue what I'm saying. <laughs> what was the one you said your dad does? How you doing? Now, how you going? How you going? Yeah. I'll send, I'll send it to you when it's how you going? full term. Here you go, mate. How you, how you going? How you going, mate? I can't even... <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll send it in a message because when you see it, you can't unsee it. Okay. Just send terrible. it to me. I'm going to practice. And the next time we talk, I'm going to have it down like so good. I'll be a pro. You'll think I'm a native Australian. Yeah. You, I'll go, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say, uh, oh, this is Mandy from, from the US and you'll go, hey, you going? How the fuck are you? How you going? How you going? <laughs> that's that's another one too. How the fuck are you? How the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not encouraging you to swear, but swearing's very much part of our common vernacular. I'm the worst at accents. Like I have always been the worst with accents. 
I've so not... this is going to be very challenging. Give me an accent you can do. That I can do? Yeah. Or you think you can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely cannot do like... Uh, oh, man. The only you're gonna laugh at this. That's okay. I'm expecting it. But the only accent that I can do is like California Valley Girl. Give it to me. <laughs> we love it. When they go like, like totally for sure. Yeah. And you've got to throw about five or six different likes in in the same sentence. Like totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh and gee, like yeah. Totally. Um. <laughs> Thanks for the chat. Enjoy your short sleep for Sunday into Monday. Thank you. I bet your kids are early risers too. You know what? They're at their dad's until Tuesday night. They're on vacation with their dad. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. I am like totally free this weekend and I'm lonely but soaking it up. <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes you pray for time on your own and then when they're gone you're probably kicking around rocks waiting for them to get back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So my bed's empty, so I'll be spreading out tonight and sleeping diagonally. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thank you for your time. It's been a pleasure, and uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'll um I'll send you some gear. Sounds good. Enjoy. Good night. <laughs> good night. Bye. And that was... Isn't she just wonderful? Thanks for her time. Thanks for her honesty. She's a great, great girl. And uh, we'll look forward to having her on in the future. I love that chat. Love that good interview. Good. So, Mandy will be back. I assure you. Thanks for listening to a Guerrilla Radio podcast. I hope you've enjoyed what you've listened to. Remember, you can find all Guerrilla Radio podcasts on all good podcast catches and maybe some bad ones. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Guerrilla Radio Australia and Twitter on Guerrilla underscore KMAC. Don't forget the website, guerrillaradio.com.au for all other information. And thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you, Randy. Goodbye. Bye now. Goodbye. Oh, my God.